State of the Nation is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts. And because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with up to 60% off on prices. The Raiders are in the playoff hunt, and you don't want to miss out as the Raiders get set to try to make one last playoff appearance here in this decade. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network, a special edition of State of the Nation here. As part of the Athletics All-Decades Blitz, the 2010s, we are going to pick the Raiders All-Decade team, an illustrious decade for Raiders football, the 2010s here. They made the playoffs back in 2016. They may make the playoffs in 2019. They may close out the decade strong. They are trending upward, but... uh, you guys ready to uh, to to talk about the uh, a decade in, in Raiders football? Not not the greatest, but uh, ha- has some some blips of success. Yeah, this was my decade. I started uh, in 2010 when on Tom Cable um, his last year as coach was my first year on the beat. So uh, I know this decade well. There were a lot of uh, a lot of funny low points and a lot of embarrassing moments. A lot of cool guys I got to talk to, and uh, like you mentioned, the big breakthrough in in 2016. I do have to start this off by congratulating Vic Tafer has been named the Raiders beat writer of the 2010s. All decade beat all writer. All decade beat writer. We are we are proud to be joined by the all decade beat writer. We, we got to make him a t-shirt. That's okay. That is not actually an official portion of this all decade team, but but Ted Nguyen is the uh, is the all decade film analyst. So Ted Nguyen all decade film analyst. Congratulations! Thank you. Started to uh, 2016, so strong, uh, strong four yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys here <laughs> did not did not need to have a long tenure. Uh, you know, it. Some guys did not have a long tenure because this this wasn't exactly a decade that was filled with, you know, a ton of Pro Bowlers and and whatnot. So uh, no, it doesn't take a whole decade's worth. Uh, and to yet, get... we left one of the rare Pro Bowlers off of the team. That's controversial pick we will get to how about that for a tease 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 tease. stay stay tuned Raider fans so you guys uh, if you haven't checked it out already um you know throughout the week here we are you know releasing all of the all decade teams for all the the bay area teams um for all really for all the sports as a a company-wide blitz here where we are um basically kind of wrapping up the the decade here and so uh dan brown handled the bulk of the work here on the bay area of producing in in consultation on this one with with vic and i um this this raiders team so you can check out his story that accompanies this that um we may make some tweaks as we go along here we may uh i you know we we could change our mind on some of these, and so um, this won't be the exact team. It might end up being the exact team as Dan picked, but uh, we'll see as we go these along. These aren't set in stone. These aren't like carved out like in the stone. Well, Dan's of, team is, mountain, um, you know, the one that goes with Dan's byline. But we can change it up a little bit as we go along. We're gonna we're gonna kind of go through okay. it here, and if we want to make any changes, we, we we can put it put it to a vote, and the three of us can All change right. it. Let's do it. All right, so we're gonna go positionally, starting on the offense, left tackle. Donald Penn. I don't think there's any real real debate about that. No, he was a very good Raider. He grew up a Raider fan. I was here for their playoff run. Obviously, he got hurt. Couldn't play in the playoff game. But, uh, yeah, just a good dude, a good leader type. And he and Derek Carr uh, definitely had a nice rapport. And also, shout out to Donald because um, just last week he was named to the Utah State Hall of Fame. So, that's a big deal for him. I know he's very proud of that. And uh, cool deal for a guy who uh, kind of came out of nowhere to be a longtime uh, left tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and he, he was he was unbelievable in 2016. I, I forgot. I think he gave up maybe two sacks that year, or maybe even just I one. Think one, sack. yeah, one sack. And we're not going to talk yeah. about that one sack that he gave up. But I mean, yeah, he, Carr had time on that play, but he oh, ooh, oh. blame it Carr. It's a new, no, no, it's a new just, twist. I mean, I mean, Penn fell down. Yeah, Pelf, yeah, Penn exactly. fell. New twist. That was Derek Carr's fault. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that the fans that blame him for it. Miles Garrett. Let's see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Penn was. 
unbelievable 2016 and definitely deserved this award. And I'm trying to think if there's even a runner. Maybe who's that six eight tackle that ended up going to the Cardinals? Vel- Veldir. Jared Veldir. Jared Veldir was good for a year, but fans were mad because Reggie wouldn't give him the big uh, the big money uh, mm-hmm. extension, which I thought was worked out worked out fine. Yeah. Um, Penn, I, I really was disappointed for him when he didn't get to play in that playoff game because it had been his what I think he had played in a playoff game at with the with the Bucks his rookie year and it had been long playoff drought and so for him that was a big deal and I, I thought there was almost no way he wasn't going he wasn't going to at least give it a try but what I think he had a little fracture in the knee and it was it was too much for him to to, to fight through crazy tie-in though the guy took his place in that game I saw him. Last game in the parking lot tailgating, wearing his own jersey. You know who that was? Who took Donald's place in that playoff? Menelik Watson? Menelik Watson was yes! in the parking lot wow. wearing his jersey tailgating. I love I was it. like, holy smokes. But, uh, anyway. So, <laughs> Should have got him on the pod. Uh, nah, I mean, but, you know, the, the extra shout out. I mean, Donald Penn, touchdown touchdown maker. I mean, he had he had a touchdown in that 2016 yeah. season, um, which – All-state basketball player in high school. He he talks about that a lot, how good he is at basketball. Uh, He thinks he could have played on the Lakers. But, um, no, he, uh, you know, when when you remember that touchdown against the Bucs, it was amazing that the Bucs weren't prepared for that because we all were prepared for that all week. You know, we spent the whole week in Florida. Um, It was like, you know, he's going home to play Tampa and just – Everyone was expecting that they were going to have probably put a play in there. I think it even had been talked about in some of the pressers that week. And then he lines up tackle eligible and number 72 is reported eligible. How are you not like automatically knowing that that play is coming? Maybe he's just that good. Maybe you see it coming. He's still looking to score. On yeah, he was wide open. He was yeah, uncovered. So. All right. <laughs> so is it the whole offensive line from 2016 pretty much? Is that the whole? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Left guard, we've got Kalecio Semele and um, – be- I mean, beast. Incognito's obviously been good this year, but uh, I can't can't replace what Assembly brought to this line in 2016 when he joined. Yeah, it's that first impression at training camp. He came in, he was getting in fights. He didn't care about Mario Edwards. Feelings. Right? He just he was destroying people and took that mentality into the season. Was pancaking fools and putting it on social media and laughing about it. <laughs> just uh, just a great gift for them, and just kind of changed the whole mentality of this offense. And was a, a huge reason why they went to the playoffs that year. Yeah, so so now Quentin Nelson is the guy that gets all the, the offensive line highlights. But before Nelson, Assembly was really kind of that first guy that people really started uh, watching and posting his highlights because he was just that dominant. Him and Donald Penn were just destroying people on the left side, and um, it was fun to watch. And um, you know, a lot of p- people that are a lot of an- offensive line specialists um, point to that Raiders offensive line as one of the most physical units that they've seen in a long time. I just give him a special shout out because he was good with uh, with restaurant recommendations. When we were going back to uh, Baltimore, that I think I think his first year there, you know, I was like, "Hey, where, where should we eat?" And he gave me two places. We went to that Italian place in, in Little Italy. I think on the on the Saturday night was really good. And then uh, then Sunday after the game, he gave us a nice steakhouse. I connected with the owner, told him Kalechi sent us, and. We uh we had that like it was like the steak that took up like the whole size of the plate right. that was a good, uh, good that was clutch so uh, Kalechi, just for the restaurant recommendations is a uh, is a winner here but all right at center I mean this is again zero debate Rodney Hudson he's he's one of the best centers in the league and he's on the Raiders he's he's one of those guys that is making Pro Bowls for this team and pretty pretty simple that Rodney's the guy. Yeah, just a boring technician who uh, just destroys people in front of him. So just has uh, been a rock. Even plays when he's hurt. The first game he missed was this year. Just um, Mr. Reliable. Yeah, and and just extremely intelligent with helping um, Carr with the protections and uh, being able to ad- identify really exotic blitzes. I think Gruden's giving him a ton of credit just for uh, how, how smart of a player he is. So yeah, Hudson one of the best, still one of the best centers in football. And right guard, um, another active player, Gabe Jackson, a guy who started his career as a left guard, but moved over to right guard when uh, when they signed Assembly in 2016, and um, has not made a Pro Bowl, but he's kind of been a Pro Bowl alternate, I think, at least once or twice, and he's kind of been that guy that you feel like he's on that level, on that cusp, not quite there, but um, still a steady, a steady guy at right guard. Obviously, they gave him a big extension a couple years ago, around the same time that they uh, signed Carr, and um, yeah, I mean he's. He's been uh, he's been he's an, another no brainer pick for right guard. Yeah, I keep waiting for him to have a breakthrough season. It hasn't happened yet, but uh, I think it's it's there. Definitely, you can see it coming at some point. Yeah, and just thinks he had, he he has to deal with some uh, a bunch of injuries. Um, so I think if he's healthy, he'll he'll get to that level. 
Uh, but we, we definitely see the flashes, and it's good enough to make this team. All right, here's a pick where it uh, could be worth some debate, some controversy. Right tackle um, was a spot that I think over the years has kind of been, even when they were so good at the other four spots, they kind of were rotating in guys there. Um, Austin Howard is, is is has the pick that, that was is the here. Pick, not, that not was Marshall the pick. Marshall Newhouse? Oh, man. Not Marshall Newhouse. That's a controversy, right? But Marshall, Marshall Newhouse is play, starting at left tackle for the Patriots right now, which is – Unfrickin' believable. Never forget his night in Miami when he uh, tried to run for a touchdown. So what's the controversy if it's not Marshall Newhouse? We, we, we well, it, the, the, this is where it comes down to, has Trent Brown been here long enough, half a season, to uh, to get himself in the mix? Because he's good enough. He's definitely the best guy that they've run out there at right tackle this decade. But is a half season enough? No. No. Just hurt my hand in the table, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I, have, I mean Trent Brown's he's a dominant uh, tackle, but from my my mind, no, all decade team, I need at least a season of uh, play. Yeah, and uh, and Austin Howard, I think, got more flack than he deserved. Yeah. Uh, he he, I mean, he wasn't as good yeah, as the really nice other guys guy. on offensive line, but he you know before Trent Brown, Aust- you know Austin yeah. Howard was I mean, who, who was better than Austin Howard. He was solid. He was solid. He was a really nice guy. I really like. Austin. I thought you were gonna say he was like he was underrated or something. I thought that's no, where you were going. No, but he, he he in that um that Tampa Bay game when Donald Penn scored that touchdown and they went to overtime and uh, Seth Roberts had that uh, touchdown in overtime. He 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 made a key block. Wow, um, to give to give Carr enough time. How and, is that in your in your mental vault? How did you have Austin Howard block? I did a breakdown. Roberts touchdown. He, everybody, everybody was breaking down the car pass and, and the Roberts catch. He was just breaking down. The if all the crap that you said this year and what all of us have said in the show, that's really impressive. I mean, that you would recall his key block on Seth yeah, Roberts touchdown. Car, car gave Austin Howard the first hug after he's, they he first that hug. He's probably yeah. the guy that was closest to him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's that's incredible. That's worth the podcast. We're done. We can <laughs> drop the mic right now. I mean, Austin's the guy that I think when you had a line that was as stacked as the other four guys were, he was good enough to to give you. I mean, he he was good enough to to be a part of that group and 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 played well enough. And you know, you you were solid enough. So, Austin Howard, congratulations. We'll uh, put you on the All Decade team. Some some of your uh, what was a surprise for this? What were you the guys for being on this Adulation, team? Adulation. Uh, There's no extra Pats on like the back. Free week, free week trial for the Athletic. <laughs> free oh, one week give trial for the Athletic. E- Go email. to theathletic.com slash uh, 10 days. We'll give them 10 and days. And you'll get your certificate yeah. for a free <laughs> one week trial. That's a great idea. Is our marketing team on this call? <laughs> this, team, man. this is great. All right, who's next? Quarterback. Matt McGloin. Matt, Matt McGloin. <laughs> no, come on. That, that's ridiculous. you got to go with the one quarterback who started a playoff game. Connor Cook. Congratulations. Connor Cook. <laughs> Remember when fans were calling for Matt McGloin to but play over Derek midway Carr? through 2016, they were still kind of there. You should be were ashamed they? of yourself. They were. Fans. You know who you are out there. If you were one of those guys who's writing into me, like, oh, Matt McGloin, you should just be, you should be ashamed. Should really have some. You're talking about the starting quarterback for the New York Guardians of the XFL. How dare you? Is he has he started a game there? He was there like. I think there's a a competition. I'm not not sure they gave him the spot. Really, he was like the designated guy. Yeah, Mm. but I think there's a competition. I'm not sure they gave. I'm not sure you gave Matt McGloin the job. Red Rifle is not just just... hand. I mean, you've got to hand the job. So who who do you pick? If not McGloin and not uh, Connor Cook, Uh, Derek. Derek. Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah. He's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Tied for third in the MVP race in uh, in 2016. Um, you know he's had his ups and downs, obviously, but uh, made a few Pro Bowls. Um, sometimes as an alternate and whatnot, find his way in there. But yeah, I mean, he's he stabilized the position for him in, in this decade, and that's uh, more than you can say for what had gone on really since Rich Gannon. Yeah, for him, so much of his confidence when it being healthy behind a good offensive line, having time to, to to operate, you see it this year his confidence again getting up there to 2016 levels and uh, making plays now with his feet a little bit. He's getting out of, out of the pocket and he's kind of the – so, yeah, it's an exciting time for him and I think we'll see how we, much more he can improve in the last uh, six games of the season. Yeah, and he he's – against the Bengals, he was just really, really aggressive, as aggressive as I've seen him making throws downfield. Um, so he, he's still improving and um, I, I think he's just a really good fit in this Gruden offense. So And like you said, he, he stabilized the position for the Raiders. All right, running back. Um, this is as we've kind of prepared for this one. This one has generated a little bit of debate, kind of similar to the right tackle one. Uh, we have Darren McFadden selected as our running back. And again, it comes down to we've heard some arguments for Josh Jacobs. And it's ha- how do you weigh a half season? 
Yeah, but for me, it's not even a debate. I mean, like, I mean, Darren McFadden was a really good player for a while. He had some injury problems. We had a huge year, um, a huge year and a half, really. So I think his body of work is a lot more than Austin Howard's. So I think the debate is not quite there. Josh Jacobs is obviously uh, looks like he's the real deal and he's going to be a big time guy for the Raiders for years to come. But all decade team, I think it's got to be Darren McFadden. I think. Um, to me, that one game against uh, at Jacksonville is still one of the greatest games I've seen by a Raider player. So I just think he was electric when he was healthy and in the right scheme. Obviously, he needed to have things schemed a certain way. He couldn't. Uh, he wasn't going to be a fit for a lot of different offenses. But if you got him in the right in the right spot, he was he was great. Yeah, he was a really good north and south runner. And when Hugh Jackson came in and started running more gap scheme stuff, that's when he really took off and. Yeah, he was just a combination, just an unreal combination of speed and and power, and it was just, you know, if if he was in the secondary and a, a safety was coming, you know, he's going to run him over, uh, and a few good years. So I, I definitely think he deserves the spot. Josh Jacobs will have the twenty twenties, right? He'll have the twenty twenties. Now, un- unlike the defense, McFadden is the only offensive player that doesn't overlap with my time covering this team since uh, since twenty fifteen. Uh, the defense has quite a few guys that are not right. from uh, from the the latter half of the era but yeah Darren McFadden at running back fullback Marcel Reese um the matchup nightmare matchup nightmare um he's you know a guy that I think makes you smile when you think about some of the bad years because he was a guy that made a lot of plays and you know when he got the ball people always wanted him to get the ball more right um, I always thought they should definitely run the ball more he didn't get enough uh, carries I thought no, there was no. that game when he filled in at halfback right and he ran for over 100 yards it was actually in New York was it against the Jets I think it was against the Jets. Might have been. I know that I saw the Raiders posting uh, something, yeah. you know, big touchdown run. Yeah, I mean, Marcel Reese, you know, three-time Pro Bowler. I don't know. I, you call it three-time or four-time. There was a fourth Pro Bowl that he made, but then he got suspended for PEDs. So oh, we, we can't be talking about Hey, whoa, wait, oh, wait. We're trying to honor him. Yeah, here. we're honored. We're not we are about honored kind of him. He is, hey, he is our all-decade fullback. Well, who else? There's nobody else, right? Is there anybody else? Alawale, possibly. Alawale. Maze. With a huge catch in Mexico. Yeah, and then we – he left the locker room before we got a chance to talk to him. So the Raiders tried to put him on a phone for us that sounded like it was made in 1984, and we couldn't hear anything he was saying to us. So it's good trivia. Yep. Well, so, Marcel reset almost 500 yards receiving in 2012. I didn't, I didn't think he was that productive, but nah, he was pretty good for a while there. He was a big part of their yeah. offense. Yeah. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Two spots there. We'll talk about them in tandem a little bit here. Uh, Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Um, those were, uh, you know, in, in 2016, 2015, you know, those those were um, those were Derek Carr's guys there for uh, for a while when this offense was humming. It was a great duel. Definitely. They definitely played well off each other, knew what the other guy was doing, had different uh, strengths, and definitely um, – Cooper was kind of more of the big play guy, and, and Seth, I mean, Seth. I'm sorry. Seth Roberts. Seth all Roberts, who was, who was uh, shunned here, was not giving the love he deserved. Terrible. No, uh, Crabtree was obviously the third down target and the, and the crunch time guy. So just, uh, I think, definitely a really great combination for a couple of years here. Yeah, they, they complemented each other really well, and um, it, it, it was definitely fun watching. It was almost like having two number one receivers because they were, they were playing at a really high level at the time, and Carr was, was slinging it, so... Uh, yeah, that I mean, you remember Crabtree making all those clutch touchdowns in, in the the red zone, and then whenever the team needed a boost, it seemed like Cooper was always able to come up with a big, big play. So, yeah, I, I can't really think of any receivers that could even get close to replacing them. Yeah, there was a guy that they tried to put on the team this year, but uh, yeah. he might have been close, <laughs> close to replacing him. But his training camp count? Yeah, he, oh, he, he was, wasn't there. He was all decade for his tra- <laughs> for his uh, OTA performances, mm-hmm. but we're not even going to say his name. All right, final guy on the offense, uh, another guy who played only two seasons with the Raiders, but uh, was really good, um, especially last year in, in 2018, uh, Jared Cook. This is the one I actually might debate. I might go Darren Waller, but uh, it's again we're going yeah with body of work again body of work, but it's closer. I think Darren Waller is better blocker than Jared ever was. It's yeah. a big part of their offense this year, but uh, yeah, Darren Waller will have his his time. He's, but, he's got uh, the twenty twenties. Come on, yeah, Jared Cook was option one last year. It was a horrible season, and he was option one, and he made the most of it. Hasn't done a lot uh, with the Saints this year, but uh, again, he was a, he had a, a touchdown uh, a couple weeks ago. It was uh, a, a tough high point catch in the end zone yeah you wonder if they i mean i don't know if 
I'm sure they'll say this now, but the Raiders really made no effort to sign him again. And I, I wonder if that's because they knew how good Waller was, or if that's just the way it it's worked kind out. Of what they've said, yeah, they did. I, I mean, know they, I know they, what they said. said but I mean, they they, they actually like, they actually think it though. Gra- I mean, my, Greg Olson literally said, I, "I'm not believing." I, I normally say, don't but, always believe, but I mean, the fact that they were bold enough to say, "Yeah, we didn't want to stunt Waller's right. growth by having Jared Cook." That's not the kind of quote you normally say if you don't mean it. That was, that's true. Yeah. All right. So I guess they were they were visionaries. Yeah. Cook gets credit. I mean, he he was like one of the guys carrying the offense uh, last year, so I, he gets he gets credit for that. As long as he runs routes, as long yeah. as he he makes sure he runs a route on every play, we'll never forget that one where he a lot yeah. of pick six because he Kansas yeah, I never City. had a chance to ask him about that play. I've, I've been dying to. Then that game, he didn't talk to the media, and he was invisible for a while, and the season was over, and then never showed up again uh, after the season. So uh, at some point in my life, I'm going to ask him what happened in that play because I'm really dying to know. But uh, wow. Just shoot him a DM. How's that for a tease? Shoot him a DM, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I haven't talked to you in about five months, but what happened on that play? You didn't run the ride out. What, what, what went on? Yeah. Okay, we are going to move on to the defense. Um, we had a lot of fun here talking about the offense. I think our segment here as we talk about the defense will be a little bit shorter. Um, it's been about two minutes. We're going to read the names <laughs> off, and we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> So we'll we'll start with the two defensive ends, uh, Lamar Houston and Khalil Mack. No no debating Khalil Mack, and I think probably not a whole lot of debate uh, Lamar Houston. And, and one of those kind of it's kind of like the defensive line outside of Mack is kind of heavy on those veterans that they brought in in those early 2010s um, that were some good players, but um, on, on some teams that weren't that good. Yeah, Lamar was solid for a while, and on this decade, that was pretty damn good. And if he were solid for a while, so that's why he's on the all-decade team. Yeah, he had a total of five sacks <laughs> his, his rookie year. Um, and Maybe the Sporting yeah. News all-rookie team that year. True, yeah. true. It's like a run-stopper at times, yeah. kind of a tweener, kind of, you know. Had an interception in the, in the game in Houston after uh, the day after Al Davis died. That was a, a big moment for him, so. There you yeah. go. Derek Burgess didn't play in this this decade, right? No. So you talk about him with five sacks in his rookie season. That does lead into our other defensive end, Khalil Mack. Five sacks in a game one time. But Vic and I were there in Denver that day, which is uh, of all the games I've watched. I mean, obviously Max Crosby was incredible against the Bengals with his four sacks. But I've I've never seen a guy defensively take over a game like Khalil did that day. I and mean, that was that's the single most dominant defensive performance I've ever seen. That and probably close to that game against the Panthers. Panthers, yeah. yeah the, that, was, that was also nope, a game the where pick he totally six took, and took the game over. Strip but, sack. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's uh, – I know Raider fans are having a lot of fun now with the whole Max Crosby's better than Khalil Mack thing. But for a while there, Mack was the best defensive guy in the league, and he was he was an Oakland Raider. So definitely a, a worthy um, member of our all-decade team. Yeah, and he uh, he's probably by far the best player on this roster that we have yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we were picking an all-decade player, I mean, the one single player, it would, it would have to be Khalil Mack, I think. Um, even though it might bring back some bad memories, but hey, you know, he he was great while he was here, and Raider fans loved him while he was here. All right, our defensive tackles uh, again. We kind of talked about you know the, the the early portion of the decade for some of these veterans, uh, Richard Seymour and Tommy Kelly. Is our defensive tackle duo? Uh, both, uh, you know, Seymour made a couple Pro Bowls in, in ten and in eleven. Uh, uh, Kelly Pro Bowl alternate, I think, in ten and eleven. Um, Seymour slapped uh, Roethlisberger across the face in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it was a great moment for Raider fans. Uh, Tommy Kelly was a quote machine, one of my favorites. So uh, I used to love that in those days back in that corner of the locker room. It was those two and uh, Big John Henderson. And those guys could all just talk, and it was just great. It was great stuff. You'd learn a lot listening to those guys, and you'd laugh a lot. But um, definitely those two guys, uh, Seymour and Kelly, were the identity of that of that front when they were making that run and uh, with Hugh Jackson's team. And they were 7-4 and four after getting Carson Palmer, and they had a real shot, and they kind of fell apart. But for a while there, they were kind of the talk of the NFL for a couple of weeks. What's up with Steeler quarterbacks and getting hit by defensive ends in the face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the personality type. No, but, but Seymour was was really good. I mean, I don't I don't know if he lived up to the expectations of um, what what they want out of him. But Seymour was really good. Kelly was a disruptive presence up the middle. I don't, I don't know if he's worth the fifty million dollar contract that he ended up getting, but uh, he he was a pretty disruptive. Still a great story when uh, he found out what the offer was, what they offered him. His agent called him and said, "Hey man, they just offered us." 
of this contract, and he just started, what the fuck? <laughs> why why you calling me? Sign this. that shit and get it done. Don't waste any time, man. He was, he was shocked with the number. But uh, it shows you the Raiders, you know, obviously they're back in those days. They had a lot of funny stories about contracts and and losing, and uh, Tom Kelly was a big part of that. Pretty similar to what the deal was with Trent Brown this year. They, they threw that offer out, and they said, yeah, we're, we're taking this right away. But he's he's so far has been uh, definitely worth it. Um, all right, moving on to linebackers, uh, starting with our first outside linebacker. And, I mean, this was a position linebacker. It took a lot of debate to kind of find, really to find three guys. Uh, Cameron Wimbley, um, you know, got another guy with short stay, uh, 16 and a half sacks over in 2010 and 11. Um, Vic, your, your thoughts on Cameron Wimbley? Yeah, he was uh, a good pass rusher, not a great pass rusher. To me, I always thought that he got a lot of opportunities because of uh, the guys you just mentioned, Seymour and Kelly, definitely took a lot of the attention and opened things up. But uh, had some big games. Wasn't great uh, otherwise in, uh, in run defense or other aspects. But uh, as far as an all-decade team, is definitely uh, a guy you have to have because there wasn't um, – A little we'll, bit bare? A little uh, bit bare? As we'll soon see by our next few names, there wasn't a lot there. Yeah, I, I think he's a good player that, you know, if you put him in the right system and you could take advantage of his versatility. And uh, he, he showed that versatility being a pass rusher and playing a little off ball with the Raiders, too. All right, our other right outside Wait, line. I'm just seeing, I'm reading Dan's thing. He won the 2013 Super Bowl cookoff competition on the Rachel Ray show? Wow. Well, obviously, Cam Wimbley deserves to be on the scene right there. Yeah. <laughs> He's multi-talented. I, mean, I kind of wish we had some food from. Cameron. I wonder. I wonder what he made. I mean, Dan Brown. That's a nice detail, but I need to know what he made. I mean, that's my obvious question. Did he make chili? Did he like? Was it easy? Because if it was chili, you pass it on it. I'm not a big chili guy, but uh, it depends where I'm at. But I mean, that's, I gotta know what he made now. I mean, I, I, that's, that's an empty note for me. So Dan Brown. Kudos, but also negative for that note. All right, uh, our other outside linebacker, um, Bruce Irvin, who. Is a guy that had his moments. He had his bad moments. He had a rough exit. Yeah, he had a rough exit where he kind of just you know stopped playing a little bit. But no, I mean him in 2016. Uh, what I mean, the first I think the third play of his Raiders career, he strip sacked Drew Brees in in the Superdome. Uh, you know, and he had he was you know a guy that forced a lot of fumbles that year. I think forced five or six fumbles that year, six forced fumbles that year. Um, you know with. He always really wanted to be a, a ten sack guy and, and never could kind of emerge out of the seven eight range. But um, again, when you look at who else the Raiders have put out there at outside linebacker, he's a guy that is is a is a fit for all decade. Yeah, he was a good Robin to Khalil uh, Max Batman. Yeah, I think he was uh, a good complimentary player. And when they try to f- put him in that role of being the number one guy, he just he couldn't do it, and he just kept getting frustrated. So, uh, but he was good as a secondary rusher and. Um, good enough to make this team i just pictured uh, bruce's reaction to me calling him robin like if, if he was here and heard that i don't think he'd love that comparison but i meant it i meant it i meant well i meant well you said it with love yeah, somebody, somebody snitch tag him on Twitter. i didn't mean him as like a, you know, <laughs> a kind of a softer second guy wearing tights so <laughs> anyway I, I did i meant i meant well go ahead next our middle linebacker oh this is the one <laughs> this is the spot right here oh my god nick roach played one year right <laughs> <laughs> Played one year and it wasn't that wasn't him that good. He was okay. He was fine, but I mean, he led the Raiders with 112 tackles and had again, five and a w- half worthless, sacks in an interception. If I play, I get 70 tackles around that team by default. Guys running into me and they fall over. Right, who do you me. want to give? You want a what Ben? No, 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 I'm not saying anything. You want Ben? Heaney, I'm just saying this. This Curtis with, Lofton. There's two picks in this team which encapsulate. Oh, sorry, there you go how bad this defense was in this decade. That's one of them. And we got one coming up. But Nick Roach, again, eh, fine for a year. And he's our all-decade middle linebacker. Yeah, I, mean, I saw this name. I couldn't believe it, it was Nick Roach on there. But, and but then, then I started thinking about yeah, it. Who the hell else can like, you pick? Yeah, there's nobody else you can pick. Curtis so. Lofton was really good at defending goal line runs. Is that enough? And that's not even true. That's a lie. So oh, he he made like I remember him like two made two goal line plays. Hey, that's two more than anybody else was making that back I think, then. I think Death Row made a couple. Rolando McLean a couple of goal line. He was the other guy we could have had here, but uh, again, you can't reward uh, McLean for being a bust by making him your all decade linebacker. So, but um, I will say when we're talking about this, I'm looking at this, trying to brush up on my history, watching looking at some of these dates and years and memories. I remember Ronald McClain, their you know 
top, top draft pick, fell out of favor so badly with the coaching staff that by the end of that um, of Dennis Allen's uh, second full year here, he had Rolando playing practice squad fullback <laughs> the last few <laughs> weeks of practice. Uh, so that just shows you this is a it's a crazy place. A lot of things happen. At, at this facility that are kind of uh, mind-boggling, especially the last decade. But, uh, so yeah, Nick Roach, yeah, your 10-day trial period for the Athletic is on the way. I hope <laughs> Did you we enjoy get to 10-day? I thought it was just a 7-day. No, 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 seven seven day for, for the decade. You don't want to get 7, right? Yeah. you got to make it special. Okay, so we'll give ten. them an extra 3 days. All right. 10 days. Just contact us. We will get you that code. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to move on to the secondary. <laughs> they have to contact us. <laughs> Yeah, if they really want it. All right, we're going to move on to the secondary. We're going to start with our two cornerbacks. and uh, Here's the second spot we're talking about coming up. So one of them is a guy that, I mean, I think his overall career, you say, yeah, then you realize he only played one year in this decade. But Namdi Asamoah, congratulations. Your 2010 season was enough to get you on the all-decade team for the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, he was so good. The team, He was so good, plus the teammates weren't that good either. So. Opponents always avoid his side of the field. Definitely was one of those true guys where he wouldn't throw his direction. So definitely uh, had an impact and big-time player when he was here. And just, um, yeah, he's one of the better players on, on this team. Yeah, and um, now everybody's kind of looking for that prototype of a taller corner um, that Osmal was back then. Um, just really good man-to-man corner that was a, a very good jamming guys. He was so long that it was just hard for people to get away from him. Um, but I, 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 guy, people have been badgering me to do a, a awesome wall like all twenty two thing, but it's impossible. I've, I've been looking for the you know all twenty two tape from uh, twenty ten. There's like a, a widespread. <laughs> like... for, yeah, a lot of people want to see it. I, I've been getting people like message me about it, so uh, wow. I, I've been trying. I've been trying to get tape, but. Uh, it's hard to get. He's trying, from people. If anybody relax. has all 22 tape of Namdi Asamoah, yeah, send it to Ted. Why don't you guys Win. relax? Man, leave my guy Ted alone, man. Badgering the poor guy for Namdi Asamoah. <laughs> no, people are really curious to see how he played, and it, it's kind of hard to see from the camera angle. So, um, yeah, but people, uh, quarterbacks just avoided throwing to him. To my first year in the beat, like another mm-hmm. example of how uh, ridiculous his team was for this past decade was there was a game against the uh, the, Jack- the Jacksonville game where they lost the game because the defensive coordinator, John Marshall, decided to run a play with five safeties and he took uh, Namdi off the field. <laughs> and good decision. of course, Jacksonville threw the ball deep for a touchdown. And I remember talking to Namdi, I'm like, uh, were you hurt? He's like, nah. Like, what, what do you mean, nah? He's like, nah, he took me out of the game. I was like, what? Uh, I couldn't believe it. And sure enough, John Marshall was not defensive coordinator for much longer. Oh, yes. But um, this is a classic even, example of your Raider, uh, Raider lore in this decade. Are there even five safeties on a roster usually? They had five safeties. Yeah. All, it's about the limit. They're all on the field for that play. I'm not sure what the design <laughs> was or what the thinking was, but they thought that was the best look for that moment. And um, I think it was Jason Hill was the receiver, I believe, who uh, – Went right down the field. <laughs> like, hey. I think they had Tyvon Branch covering him. Who's, hey. Segway. Segway. No, not quite segue. We do have to discuss our other cornerback. Gonna, and- we're just going to skip that one. We're going right to safety. Segway. No, we, we got to give you our other cornerback. And this, you'll this, never, you'll this never tells guess. you why the Raiders have, have struggled so much to find good cornerbacks and have rotated a lot of guys in, have spent big money at times in free agency on a guy like Sean Smith, uh, have you know taken big swings in the first round of a draft like with Gary on Conley. Our second all-decade cornerback is David Amerson. Well, I will say this. He had a huge year. was great his mm-hmm. one year. Definitely they, they come off the scrap heap from the Redskins. Yeah, 2015, had, his first. Was that 2015? or Yeah, 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 2015, his first year. He was great. Had a huge, I remember he had a dominant game. Was it Tennessee. Uh, at, at Nashville had a huge game. Where huge game in, De- in Detroit yeah. against. Uh, Just an aggressive, cocky corner making plays. Definitely took on the challenges and it was like everything you would, could want. And the Raiders lost sight of the fact that when he first came into the league, he was a big time partier. Like he played. He video, was a bit big, big, yeah. Video games all night drinking Carvacci. He would brag about like, like that's where he said I had problems because I was never I was too tired for practice because I was up all night playing, and so he over he overcame that with a fresh start. Got you know was a dominant guy, but then the Raiders they gave him big money. They gave him a nice big contract. I believe, Mr. Emerson, we discovered the joys of Carvacier and video games <laughs> at midnight, and he fell off pretty quick. So um, he had one big year. He was for, 
still solid, yeah. I think, a little bit in 16. He was not solid in 2016. He had a couple of good games. He had a yeah. good game, I think, in – yeah. Your bar's so low. I mean, yeah, I it, guess he, he wasn't very dumb. low. He was real. I, mean, I mean, he wasn't. Uh, he was so far off the radar at the start of 2015, obviously getting waved by Washington. He wasn't Demarcus Van Dyke, but yeah. yeah I mean, but I mean, he was so Demarcus far Demarcus off the yeah. off the radar when he got picked up in 2015 uh, on, on the waiver wire. But I mean, I think from about week eight on, it took him a while to get him into the starting lineup, even right. though he was. I think from about week eight on, he was playing at a Pro Bowl level that year. That if he if he had mm-hmm. played if he had been a starter from day one and been playing like that from day one, he's a Pro Bowler. He was that good. Um, so hey, that gets him on the All Decade team. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta put in a contract. No more video games and Cavassier. <laughs> that's that's the, what they should have scuttled done. the career of Chris Warren. It scuttled the career of David. Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Chris does the Cavassier thing okay. with the games. I'm just saying he plays games. Okay. But, uh, I guess it's a great combination. I never tried it, but apparently <laughs> they, they go well together. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to safety. Starting with strong safety. You teased it a minute ago. Tyvon Branch. Yeah, I mean, again, for me, I was never a Tyvon Branch guy. I thought he was overrated. I mean, uh, and he would. I think you knew I thought that we didn't get along great, but um, again, I don't know who else you could pick here. So I guess I guess he's the guy. But he made some plays. I always thought Michael Huff was uh, was a little better than he was. And Huff played cornerback and safety a little bit, but uh, but yeah, Tyvon Branch. Yeah, I actually thought Michael. I, I would have selected Michael Huff over Branch for this list. Yeah, but he played more cornerback and more of a free safety than strong safety. I'm not sure who else could. I mean, Mike Mitchell, I guess, would be the other guy who played a little strong safety. He was a guy that never really, really developed and kind of had potential. Was Al Davis, big, big pick, where people are, uh, Mel Kiper is like, that's a horrible pick. And Mitchell actually lasted for a while. And um, but yeah, whatever. I mean, again, we got to fill out a roster. Tyvon Branch, congratulations. All right. And free safety, this is uh, this is finally, along with Cleo Mack, the other non debatable one, uh, Charles Woodson. Um, you know, started his career obviously as a corner, and uh, came back here as a safety, and uh, really was a was a great leader, and, and still a productive playmaker. Uh, you know, into his final years here with the Raiders, and it was kind of a fun ride that he had uh, here his last few years, and um, it, it was it was fun to get to to cover his final year here, and yeah, Charles Woodson, uh, no no complaints there. No, yeah, I think a Hall of Famer who really I think really was happy he could come back to Oakland and finish his career. You know, uh, he got off to a a little of a slow start. It's the first time around, he was partying a lot, but I think he definitely made it full circle and uh, definitely wore that number well and definitely represented Oakland very well. He had the big, you know, the big old thing he always did after games, and the fans loved it. And uh, I'm sure he'll be out there in a couple of weeks for our last game here. So just a big part of the uh, the fabric that is the uh, the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, he had some incredible interceptions in uh, his last couple of years too. So uh, very memorable and deserving to be on his list. I mean, and also think about his, his last year here. He what, separated his shoulder in the first yeah. game of the year and didn't miss a game. I mean, we thought there was no way he was going to play in week two. Harnessed it up. We go out there for Wednesday or Thursday practice. Like hell, he's he's practicing and didn't didn't miss a game. Um, you know, played through pain really all that year. And uh, I mean, that's just another reason to to appreciate what he did. That at 39, that he was going out there playing uh, playing through pain. So, all right, we're gonna run through our special teamers before we wrap up this uh, all decade podcast. That uh, we were wondering if we'd have enough to talk about. And we've uh, we've gone on quite a long time here. Kicker Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, go go. Any any uh, yeah no no, no debates there. Daniel Carlson, no, no, okay. Punter, I guess there could have been a little debate, but Shane Leckler gets the uh, gets the award over Marquette King. Go, yeah. Do you think he is a Hall of Fame punter? Uh, I mean, he's that's really good, but I just mean, they're so restrictive. The only one, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that's gonna be tough, but uh, he definitely is. He was a great kicker for a long time, and. I love how those guys came in together. They were such close friends. They were hard, hard partiers in, in those days back in there. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a great legacy that um, you know two guys who Seabass uh, knew was picked. You know, was obviously very criticized, but Al Davis, you know, wanted him, and uh, it shows the importance of if you can get those guys, you can lock them up for a while. They're, they're huge factors as far as winning games. Not this, not this past decade, but maybe <laughs> before that though. So, all right, punt returner. Um... Again, this speaks to how how much they've struggled there. But uh, Dwayne Harris had, had, had a no, not Dwayne Harris had a big year oh, last year. Had that uh, that ninety nine yard punt return for a touchdown, where he kind of duped duped the defense, and uh, that was enough to get him All Decade honors. Dwayne Harris Gucci makes Dude, the All Decade team. Charlie Higgins is somewhere is pissed. Is all I'm saying. Charlie Higgins had some great moments 
Well, we had two two good moments, but uh, <laughs> he would have got my vote because he has a great name and that was a character. But uh, like Harris, Harris led the NFL with a fourteen point one don't per return average. Stats. This, is a, this is an emotional thing for Raider fans this past decade. There was a lot of. Uh, you didn't we, chime. This, where were you when we were debating this team with Dan? I just thought of this like two seconds ago. Wow! I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> I was next. We got uh, Punt, uh, kick returner Jacoby Ford. Yeah. Four kick returns for touchdowns. You make a list of like the, maybe I, we should do this. A ten. Man, I probably should. No one cares. But the ten greatest games by players this past decade. I would say Jacoby Ford's game against the Chiefs in the rain at home. He made some amazing catches in that game, and they, mm-hmm. that has to be a top ten list. I think for this past decade. He's the poor man's Tyreek Hill. He he was a uh, pretty good. Uh, wow. <laughs> A poor, poor man, Tyreek Hill. It's the homeless man's Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and again, I'm no slight to Jacoby Ford, but Tyreek Hill is a different, it's a different beast. But uh, Jacoby Ford was very fast and definitely made some plays. But uh, his fire burnt out quickly. The candle in the wind. <laughs> you don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was going to go somewhere good, and I kind of lost it. You got maybe the torch. You know, you could you could have recited the line. All right, who's our coach of the year? Coach of the year. Coach of the decade. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> The Manny Petties, the comments, the greatest trade ever, Carson Palmer. I mean, the oh, the Al, Al Davis when he passed away, the emotion of that game. I mean, Stop it's talking. Got, it's got to be Hugh Jackson, right? Jack Del Rio, baby. Get them. Jack Del Rio, what He you took him to the only playoff appearance of the decade, pending what John Gruden and the Raiders do here in 2019. The only playoff appearance of the decade. He, he got a franchise that would, had been so bad, he got him, you know, Steered back slightly in the right direction. Um, you know, 2015, they got going a little bit, and big year in 2016. You make the playoffs. You're the only coach that makes the playoffs in 15 years or whatever. You get all decade coaching honors. I don't know, man. Is, is there a picture of Jack like getting the, in the Raiders gear, getting the pedicure with this like, the supreme look of joy and relaxation on his face? No, My, but you could probably get some smirking Jack, some. Uh, Jack with a nice little uh, I mean, just jet. Get, if they let Hugh Jackson pick his own staff on defense and they give him some control and personnel, who knows what would have happened? Control and personnel like to make the greatest trade ever? I know. I'm, I'm being way too sarcastic. I think Jackson a nice choice. Jack give, it to, give it to Bill Musgrave. He, he, he was wow, the – Ooh. We didn't, have to, we didn't say head coach of the year. Yeah. We just said coach of the year. I mean, 2016 was an uh, offense – Offensively driven team. Jack Del Rio was supposed to be a defensive coach. Oh, he, he would not like it if you called him a defensive coach to his oh, face. Sorry, he's an all-around coach. Yeah. He's involved in offense and defense, and he will tell you about. If you it. look back at where it went wrong for Jack, obviously that's where it went wrong. And when we made that move of letting go of Musgrave and keeping Ken Norton after that offseason, mm-hmm. if he had switched those, there's a pretty good chance he's still here because definitely a lot of that. Cool. I don't know. I think there was there wasn't a whole lot he could do if John Gruden wanted to return. Eh, maybe you're right. I mean, if they had made, if they had won the division in 2017 or something right. under him, but I, I think unless they were, unless they were looking like a juggernaut, but uh, if so John Gruden won. Let's, 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 let's figure it out. So, they had, 2017 was the year they kind of fell off, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They so go, if he does, if he does, ten. Okay, but if he does make those, if he makes those changes and he, he keeps Musgrave and makes a change and he goes to Bagano or some else defense, defense improves. They probably. Have a similar record that year, or they're maybe they, ten and six, they, they, or do they, can they flip six and ten to ten and six? Probably are. They're, they're I, still I on they an upward, upward slant. Yeah. So at that point, I wonder if John Green's like, you know what, that looks like it's going well. That I mean, if I want to do this, it may have to be somewhere else. Maybe Tampa, because Tampa was the other right, spot. Tampa, or maybe he goes back to Tennessee. Who knows? Where he, but I think at that point, he's like, you know what, they're falling off, and I'm sure at that point, Mark Davis is like, hey. <laughs> what, Yo, what, what's going on? So, Go get a uh, pedicure. So I think that maybe yeah, the seeds were back in the in the ground at that point, but you know who knows? It's all it's all conjecture. All right, we're gonna bring the fans into this a little bit here. Give, uh, give poor them an suffering fans. Yeah, uh, Vic. Vic threw out the shout out for for them to kind of send us their favorite bad Raider player or memory from a tough decade. <laughs> he's he is so negative that he has to he doesn't ask for the best memory. Oh, the two point conversion against the Saints. Yeah, those are good memories. Memories of players that you loved, even though they kinda of broke your heart. That's like that's in there. That's in your that's in your soul, man. Is, All right. Let's run through stuff. some of these uh from a guy named Craig. Brings up Michael Bush. Yeah, Michael Bush. Oh, Michael Bush. I haven't thought of him in a long time. That's why yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, some big games. Just injuries were, were a problem. 
Yep. Uh, Raider for Life, 1987. Dare I bring up Route? Stanford Route. Stanford Route. Route. That doesn't make a ballot name, but uh, all right. You ever heard of him? Uh, Matty G, the all-time drive killer, Khalif Barnes. I thought he was saying Matty Giordano. I thought that was that, I thought that's what was his pick, Matty G. Right, Giordano used to always pull up lame after he got burned on a big play. He'd always like, I mean, you guys remember probably before your time, but Matt Giordano was a safety, good guy. Uh, not the fastest uh, guy in the world and not the best uh, hips, I would say. But So he'd get beat deep, and if a guy would score, you'd see the guy celebrating in the end zone. You'd look back about 20 yards, and there was Giordano grabbing his knee or his ankle, <laughs> like screaming in pain. About like eight times that season. He'd get up like like two minutes later and be fine, but he'd like look at he'd been shot after every of those big plays. And it was kind of a – I'm sure Raider fans know what I'm talking about. Next. From Stevie. Perennial potential breakout star David Osbury. Every year was supposed to be his year, just never happened. David Osbury, that was the guy, the tight end freak. He was a USC. freak. Big, fast. He had a couple of nice plays, but yeah, he just never could get healthy. And finally, they ran out of patience. But he was like, uh, I don't remember the comparison. He was like a rich man's Antonio Gates. He was going to be huge. But uh, Doug quite. Jolly was better. Doug Jolly. All right, Oliver tells us he was at the game where Terrell Pryor ran for that 93-yard touchdown against the Steelers. That being said, he was our starting starting quarterback when he ended up having to convert to wide receiver to have a shot at staying in the league. He is now not on a team. Still one of the greatest plays of the decade by, by far. It, it was interesting watching um, them run the read option for a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. All right, uh, Steven, he gives us a reaction. Yes, Finally, we got a stud linebacker to quarterback the defense for the next decade and didn't reach on some wide receiver or something. That's him when the Raiders drafted Rolando McClain. You know, Mike Wagman, who's I've been on the show last year, he's like a longtime uh, Bay Area journalist and stuff for uh, AP and I think Silver and Black. But he said that he, his belief is that Rolando is the biggest bust more than Jamarcus Russell because of everyone thought it was a good pick. When it was made, everyone like, this is the no risk, slam dunk. Pop him in there, he'll be fine. So well, with Jamarcus, I guess there were still some doubters. And I'm not sure if that's true, but he thinks that Ronald McClain's the biggest bust in the history of this franchise. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to beat quarterback though. You know, the guy that you think is going to be the the fran the the face of your franchise. You the guy that goes two two eighty. I'm yeah. almost three bills. <laughs> and that was that was before the rookie wage scale, and they gave you know yeah. they have to give him all that money. Yeah, I, I agree. Too. I think it's Jamarcus, but I just think uh, Mike's got a good argument for Orlando. Okay, this comment comes in from Chris Weisong. In the, it's hard because this comment, I probably shouldn't mention it because he's not quite fitting in the correct decade, but he mentions, can we just talk about Jamarcus Russell, how the, the Jamarcus Russell Raiders went 2-0 and at Arrowhead Stadium. And we're going to read off Jamarcus's numbers in these wins. They came in 08 and 09, so that's why this is, uh, the, the, this is so good that I have to mention it. But um, in 08, 6 of 17 for 55 yards. It 09, 7 of 24 for 109 yards in, in victories in Arrowhead, which uh, Derek Carr has not yet been able to do. Shows you the importance of leadership. Yeah, obviously he's leading <laughs> these guys really well. The stats and don't tell a story. He won those games without watching any tape. Oh, also, yeah. Yeah, excellent point. All right, from Craig, uh, Travis Gaithel uh, being forced into long snapping duty during the opener versus San Diego, an all-time low. That was also before you guys' time. That was a painful game, man. He could not get the ball to the kickers. I mean, it was like five bounces, six bounces, like wide left. And to his, I mean, the poor bastard, they didn't practice it. So he, he wasn't practicing it. It was just kind of a last-minute thing. They threw him in there. And it was national TV. It was a night game. They were making fun of him. I mean, they, they, they lost the game. They couldn't They couldn't snap the ball to the freaking kicker. They lost that game because of it. So uh, definitely one of the darker and uh, more absurd moments of, of the decade. A moment that makes you appreciate Lee Smith even more because remember he was yeah. emergency uh, long snapper and he, he did have to go into a game right yeah yeah he did yeah, yeah definitely um, although I do remember the time in Denver where John Condo got hurt and Lee Smith had the broken hand at the time and so he couldn't snap he was their emergency guy right. but he had the cast on the hand so he couldn't snap so remember they they scored a touchdown this was I think in the Khalil five sack game I think you're right um, they scored a touchdown to and. Like to go up by two, and they went for a two-point conversion. Right. And we're like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, like, do they not know that. the math? You kick the PAT, but 
condo was was unavailable. He had hurt his shoulder, and um, yeah. yeah, and they didn't. And as you learned by a Travis Gayfield experience, you can't just throw anybody back there because it's not easy to do. Nope. All right, Tony throws out John Ritchie. That's not this decade, though. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I think we're uh, okay. From Chris Simmons, Chaz Shillings. Ah, I thought Chaz he was going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> he, was a one, he was probably the one receiver that I, I was like, I think he's going to be good. He has a size, speed, and uh, ended up being Chaz Shillings. Another guy who's always uh, coming back from injury, always rehab, always uh, he's around the corner and just kind of kept waiting for him and never quite happened. Kind of like Osbury, kind of never quite happened. Christmas never came. All right, last one. Uh, here's a, a repeat mention, but uh, this is from Tim Brown, not the Tim Brown. Wow, the Tim Brown? Uh, he mentions Khalil holding offense, number 69, Barnes. We'll always have the memory of Jason Campbell's first passing touchdown. Wow. It's deep. It's deep. Khalif Barnes. Well, again, one of the great characters uh, of this uh, decade. It was always good for a laugh. And uh, I remember when he uh, – when they first signed Rodney Hudson, Khalif uh, was here, and he was very impressed by him. He's like, man, he said, you look at him, he's like a walking milk dud, but then he's actually he's actually <laughs> good. He actually is tough, dud. and he's smart, and he's blocking fools. Like, I couldn't believe it. So there you go. That's a good note to end on with the, the walking milk dud, Rodney Hudson. All right, well, I think we've rambled on and on and on enough about the 2010s, uh, a decade that I think – for a lot of you, you want to forget many parts of it, but hey, it has a chance to finish on an upward trajectory, and uh, we'll see if the Raiders can uh, can make it two playoff appearances here in this decade. But uh, no changing our team after this. Uh, so sorry, John Gruden, if you lead your team to the playoffs, we uh, we cannot go edit this and, and put you in there. But sorry, Hugh Jackson, we screwed you, man. We screwed you. Sorry, sorry Ronald McClain. The Bill Musgrave. He's he's a guy. all right guys we appreciate everybody listening and uh, make sure you check out all of our work over the athletic.com all of the all decade teams that we produced uh, across really uh, any any team that you follow any league you follow you can check out an all decade team for that team for that league Uh, plenty of great content out there uh, as we celebrate the end of the 2010s congrats to all the winners who get their 10 day trial periods I hope you enjoy the athletic the athletic.com slash state of the nation 